Well, hey, good morning, everybody. I'm so good uh, to see all of you guys, and thank you so much for joining us here online. Um, if this is your first time here with us, my name is John Wagler. I'm part of this Hill City team, and so grateful that you decided to spend a portion of your day with us. Um, we are in the midst of this series called Won't He Do It? And we're looking, we're taking this long study, of probably 16, I think, weeks when it's all said and done, on the book of Mark. And so we're now in week number three of this. And so leading up to this point, I mean, you can go back to the podcast or to um, our website to, to look at the past sermons. But um, up to this point, we've been introduced to John the Baptist, who was someone who was preparing the way for the king and that king being Jesus. And um, we've gotten introduced to Jesus uh, himself and him starting his, his ministry and some pretty big concepts in the midst of this. And talking about kingdom and in the gospel and repentance. And so they're big, they're big things that are placed before us in terms of how we view our faith and how we begin to engage this life with Jesus. And as we're going through this series, uh, if you've got questions, and maybe you're reading along with us on Mark and, and everything, but as you get questions, go ahead and send them in because I'm guessing if you're reading, you're gonna stumble on some things that you were wondering about. And you can send them in. Um, here's the website, it's staycurious at hillcityrva.com, staycurious at hillcityrva.com. And then in midweeks, um, during, or during the middle of the week, we're going to address some of the things that we don't cover on a Sunday um, and that we miss out. And so you can, that's when we're covering or answering all the questions as well. So please um, do that. We love the banter and conversations that end up happening there. Um, but towards the end of chapter one, uh, we also hear about these miracles and kind of this authority that Jesus has and, and getting introduced to kind of this demonic spiritual realm um, versus the kingdom of God as well. So there's a bunch of things happening here um, right in this first chapter uh, of Mark. And so then we come into this second chapter, which is what we're going to pick up with um, today. Um, but what I said last week that I think is also important is, is as we begin to go through uh, each week, like understanding and, and even writing down, hey, what have I learned about Jesus today? And then how does that impact my life? And kind of just like, again, you can create this like nice little list by the time we're done of all these new things we're learning uh, about Jesus. But heading into today, I was thinking about, all right, have you ever like um, thought you forgave someone and then you saw them and you realized that you maybe still kind of hated them for one reason or another. And uh, you saw them and your blood started to boil um, and everything. It, it made me think of, I don't know if you guys have seen Anchorman, but um, when um, Jack Black and Will Ferrell meet up um, and they're about to fight, he's like, uh, let me introduce you to Jack Johnson and Tom O'Leary. And um, I was just thinking about that. I was like, man, there's been a couple times in my life where I thought I had forgiven someone and all it was, was um, I hadn't seen them in a long time. And so they had just kind of gone absent. But the second I saw them, I realized, oh, I actually have not forgiven you. And I still have a lot of anger or bitterness or whatever, like, pent up in, inside of me. And, and I was thinking about that so much because I think so often we want this quick emotional fix. And, um, and that we think that that solves everything. But the reality is, is instead of that quick emotional fix, um, there needs to be some really um, deep digging that has to go inside of us um, so that we can actually truly forgive someone else, so that we can engage people uh, the right way. And, 
And, and it's like that quick fix never works, right? Like you've probably tried to fix something at your house or apartment or whatever, and um, you use duct tape and you're like, this will stay for a while. And then you realize it's actually not really that safe and it doesn't really do the job as much as, as you think that it will. It was like we were, uh, when we went um, to Belize a couple of years ago, Lacey and I were zip lining and we got to this one section and um, in fairness, it was a little bit rickety of zip, zip line throughout the forest, but it was amazing. But we got to this one section and we're like, they had duct tape, like a bunch of duct tape around this pole from this one part. And I was like, huh. I was like, we're just gonna have to pray this line out, I think, because man, that is not going to really work, right? But I think that that's what we do a lot of times is we, we do these quick fixes to things where we really need a, a deeper dive. And so I, was, I wrote this down as kind of the main idea for today as we begin to engage this next piece of the book of Mark, and, and, and really it's talking about what does it mean to actually follow Jesus? And so I, I just wrote this down. If we see Jesus as a quick fix, we will lack resilience, stability, and a depth in our faith. If we see Jesus as a quick fix, we will lack resilience, stability, and a depth in our faith. Now, I will say this. When we read the Bible, it feels like it would be easy for people to do this. Cause you can imagine like when, if Jesus is doing all these cool miracles and he's confronting politicians and confronting the powers that be, you can sense like that's why the crowd would gather. That's why people got excited. That's why there's a little bit of a celebrity status and, and they wanted to see Jesus as this quick fix. Um, but I also started thinking about, man, we do this now all the time. Like we can come in and out of a church and feel like that we did something. We can uh, pray one time and think that we, oh, Jesus got that taken care of. And we do all these quick fix things, but that is not how this works. And that is not how, even when Mark writes this, that's not what it means to follow Jesus and to engage Jesus like we should, if we really want to have a deep faith. So let's go to Mark chapter two, um, starting there in verse one. And it says this, a few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. They gathered in such large numbers. Okay. So again, his his popularity is growing like crazy. And um, this is why I want us to see this. It's like this kind of celebrity status that's starting to play in. And that feeds this little, ooh, let me just get a little hit of this, you know? And so there's these large numbers that were gathering around him. So there's no room left, not even outside the door. And he preached the word to them. Some men came, now I want you to pay attention to these words. Some men came bringing to him a paralyzed man carried by four of them. Verse four, since they could not get to him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it and then lowered the mat um, the man was lying on. When Jesus, look at this phrase here, saw their faith. That is a really big phrase that we're gonna look at here. Um, he said to the paralyzed man, son, your sins are forgiven going on there in verse six. Now, some teachers of the law were sitting there. There've been these scribes or Pharisees would have been uh, around there at that point in time and thinking to themselves, right? So they're not saying it right now. They're, they're thinking to themselves, why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? So let me, so these scribes, these teachers of the law, these Pharisees, they're thinking the right way. Like they're looking at Jesus and they're going off of scripture that only God alone can forgive. The creator God can forgive. That is the only person that can forgive. And so even for them, they are processing all of this in the right way at this moment. Immediately, Jesus knew in his spirit that this is what they were thinking in their hearts. And he said to them, why are you thinking these things? How, 
Man, that'd been like a huge bummer being around Jesus sometimes. Because think about this. How often have you thought about something that you're not proud of? How often have you thought about something that you're just like, oh man, why is that thought in my head, right? Um, can you imagine walking with Jesus and having this as a possibility that all of a sudden he could turn you and be like, why are you thinking like that? Anyway, something to ponder in terms of like who Jesus is and his power and authority. And in verse 9, it says, Which is easier to say to this paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven, or to get up, take your mat, and walk? But I want you to know that the Son of Man, all right, I'm not going to go through a lot there, but the Son of Man, that terminology um, was used, it came from the book of Daniel. Um, and was referring to the Son of Man, that this idea that the Savior, this Messiah, would come and be labeled as the Son of Man. The Son of Man can also refer to just hu- being like a human. So there's a, a God-like element to this and a human element to this. Has the authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the man, I tell you, uh, get up, take your mat, and go home. He got up, took his mat, and walked out in full view of them all. This amazed everyone, and they praised God, saying, We have never seen anything like this. And so I want to tackle a couple of things here in this passage. There's so much here. Um, There's so much here. But uh, I want to tackle a couple of things that are really looking at how following Jesus isn't this quick fix, you know, kind of mindset. That there's something that is, um, it's bigger. It requires more and everything. And here's the first thing I want you to write down. We need to make an effort. We need to make an effort. Um, you know, when we, the words that I, I said to like, I was underlying there about describing the, the men that were bringing the paralyzed men. They, they came, they're bringing, they carried, they made, they're digging, they lowered. It's all of this stuff that they're, there's a visible, tangible effort that is being made to get to Jesus. That there's something that is just, it's, it is evident that they're doing whatever they can to get to Jesus. Here's what else is happening there, though. They're doing whatever they can to help their friend. And so we see this, um, this, this really cool dynamic with this grouping of friends that's there. It's like they're making all of this effort to get to Jesus. And then they're making all of this effort for uh, their friend. I was thinking about... Um, this guy named uh, Kobe Bryant, who you, most of you probably know if you're any kind of basketball fan or whatever. And um, I remember hearing him say a quote one time. He said, hey, I have nothing in common uh, with lazy people. And, um, and he goes on to like, talk about the, the essence of like, discipline and effort. And now he was a maniac with his routines and everything. Um, but essentially what he was saying in the end was like, listen, to where I, there, there were people that were more athletic than me. And he was saying this in his interview. He's like, there are people that were more athletic than me. I just kept outworking them and kept outworking them and kept outworking them. And I started thinking about that with our faith, um, that we need to make an effort. Um, we need to have a very tangible um, evidence of how we're making an effort and what it begins to look like. I also said this because I, I want to have this balance here. There's always this tension with our faith. Um, we don't want to be known for trying to earn something from Jesus, but we do want to be known for our effort and determination. And so we're not trying to like somehow be like, look at me, Jesus. Look at all the things I'm doing for you to earn his respect or earn your faith or earn some kind of grace or earn your way into heaven. That's not what I'm saying. However, 
we do need tangible evidence that we are making an effort. We do need to be known for our determination. We, be, we need to be known um, for what we're putting out there, our sacrifice, the way that we go about our faith. That has to be something um, because that's what deepens our faith. That's what builds resilience. That's what gives us the stability that we can have to begin to actually live this life with Jesus in the way that we're supposed to do. Um, Eugene Peterson uh, wrote this book called um, A Long Obedience in the Same Direction. And he has a quote in here that um, I think is important when we think about making an effort. He says, And yet I decide every day to set aside what I can do best and attempt what I do very clumsily. Open myself to the frustrations and failures of loving, daring to believe that fa- that failing in love is better than succeeding in pride. And I was reading that quote and just thinking to myself of, this is what he's talking about. He's like, man, every day I'm, I'm waking up, every day I'm getting in this, every day I'm making this effort to know that, you know what, there's a frustration that sometimes I might fail. You know what, some things I'm not going to be great at. Sometimes it's going to be clumsy, but man, this effort to keep going, this effort, this determination to keep putting myself out there, and he's framing it under this idea of what does it mean to be a discipleship? What does it mean to be obedient to God? What does it mean to follow Jesus in this way? And he's like, man, it is this is this constant long obedience in the same direction. It is this, this continuous effort and determinative es, um, effort to, to keep going and to push through and, and have that a part of um, who we are. Uh, so much of the conversation around our faith, um, even when we see miracles like this, so much of the conversation revolves around this extraordinary moment, this big mountain we're going to climb, this um, big pivotal like spiritual thing that we're going to tell our grandkids about like all that stuff and do those things happen sometimes sure they do um, but honestly the reality of following Jesus and having like making an effort to do so is really more about the ordinary uh, the way I, I wrote it down was be great in the ordinary so you are ready if the extraordinary happens the, an extraordinary moment may not happen in your life it, it's it's possible um, but you living, being great and making an effort and being determined and having discipline to keep going um, in the ordinary of life and following Jesus, this idea of the long obedience in the same direction, that is what deepens our faith. That is what adds stability. That is what um, gives us um, the resilience that we desire when it comes to, to following Jesus. But when it comes to like discipline and making sacrifices and um, being obedient, it can be exhausting if you've kind of done this for any length of time, you, you know that. There are times you're just like, you're so exhausted um, by this effort. But man, the, what's the other option? Seriously, like, what's the other option? No discipline, no effort, um, not making your life about Jesus. Like, the, in the end, you just make it about yourself. And then what's the good that then begins to come out of that? And so I, I think the reason that we get in this place where we're like, I just... I don't want to make the effort. I don't want to be self, I don't want to be like you know sacrificial in, in what I do and everything. Um, it's because of pride, right? We we value ourselves over other people. We value our time over someone else's time. We we place our identity, kind of our prideful identity, in certain things that aren't of Christ, and that makes us more self-centered and everything. And and we know that in Scripture and Proverbs it says that pride comes before uh, a fall. But I. When we begin to like think about this mindset and this effort and this discipline and all those things that kind of go into this, um, here's what I love about this story. There's that little piece, if you remember, um, there's that little um, sentence that's in there that Jesus said he looked at their faith and then turned 
and to look to the man and says, your sons are, your sins are forgiven. I was like blown away by that sentence. And, um, and that's actually a recent thing when I was studying it. I had not really processed that part of the story um, ever before. Um, and here's just what was fascinating to me. There was something about the faith of those friends, the sacrifice of those friends, the effort of those friends, the communal element to who they were and how they loved their friend that set up the healing for their, their paralyzed friend. Like there was something about their communal faith, their, their sacrifice, what Jesus saw in them that set something up for their friend. And I started thinking, man, I've got so many questions uh, about that. I got so many things that, um, that I wonder about that part of the story. And, and there's so many things that I'm like even internally wrestling with there, even theologically. But there's something to it. There's something to the reason that, that Jesus, like, um, that, that Mark wrote that about Jesus' experience of like, oh, their faith meant something to him that triggered something for this paralyzed man. And I started to wonder, are we missing something there? Like our collective faith together in the way that people sacrifice for one another, love one another, um, treat one another, like, like that kind of community that we have, that kind of friendships, like all of those things. Are we maybe missing something that when we get that kind of mindset to, to have the, that kind of effort to be described the way that those friends were described, do we see things on the other side that we wouldn't have seen without it? And um, it's just something I was just processing, processing in this story because there's something to it. So even when you start thinking about your own life in your own friendships and um, do you have that self kind of sacrificing love? Do you uh, make an effort um, to really be there for people? Are you um, the kind of friend that everyone loves to be around? And do you have a grouping of people that, man, the way that you live, the way that you sacrifice the way for, for one another, with all the things that you do, that Jesus would turn and look at your grouping of friends and say like, whoa, look at their faith. And that some kind of miracle happens out of that. I, that's what we see in this story. And it's just like an interesting part that I think is like good for conversation for sure. Here's a here's another thing that I think is important in the story, and this is we're only doing two things today, um, and that is that you got to go deeper. You have to go um, deeper, and this is something that we're seeing with Jesus here. Um, I think on the front end we see like, all right, what do I say about myself and and everything? I'm like, all right, I see like this effort and kind of how that plays in, but I think here we're saying like, hey, this makes me learn something a little bit more about Jesus that he wants us to go deeper, um, go deeper in how we see him, go deeper in our faith, go deeper in how we're processing um, all of this. The man asks to be healed, right? And Jesus says, your, your sins are forgiven. And that seems like, wait, what? That's not what I asked. You know, and, and honestly, there is some room here that, that might mean that he is paralyzed because of something that he did. And so Jesus might be saying, hey, you're in this you're, you're this way because of, you know, those actions that you had. I'm going to forgive you of those actions. That's a possibility um, in this story. Um, but the man was actually asking about the wrong thing. Um, he was, um, he had to go deeper. He wanted to be healed, of course, which is fine and it's okay. And, and, and that's a very good thing to pray for. Um, but Jesus wanted him to go deeper. Jesus wanted him to understand that like, yes, 
you might long for this external healing, but I'm telling you the internal healing is what is actually more important for your life. Uh, we were watching the Friends reunion um, a few days ago. Um, I don't know if you saw that or not, but there's this one part um, while they're interviewing all the care, all the, the cast that Lacey and I were just like, oh my gosh, that is so sad. And um, Matthew Perry, who played Chandler um, on the show, um, has this moment when they're all kind of talking about the laughs they would get from the crowd and everything else. And Matthew Perry starts sharing in that moment. He's like, I lived for those laughs. I found my validation in those laughs. If I didn't get those laughs, I felt essentially what he was saying is like, I felt worthless. And, but you could still like, kind of like sense in him as he was talking that that's still who he is. Like there were, there, there's this part of like, he's searching and he's just longing. It just feels like there's like something that's like lost. There's something like deeper inside of him that he was trying to solve through a laugh, but there was this like actually a deeper hole that's there and a brokenness um, that's actually there. And we set we sat there and we we're just like, oh man, there's so much more that you need to dig deeper on. There's so much more that you need that internal healing um, that will kind of produce what you're longing for in the midst of this. Even when Jesus is talking to the teachers and the, that were there, um, remember in the part of the story, he's telling them to go deeper. He asks them a, a question, right? He, he's like, which is easier for, for me to say your sins are forgiven or to take up your mat and walk? And, and there's this part of the story where is there a clean answer to that? There isn't actually because there's a part of each of them that's like, well, I mean, I guess it's easier to say your sins are forgiven, but we don't actually know. And, and maybe they look at it as like, I don't know, like how do you heal someone that's paralyzed? But then you would know if that worked. And so there's a little bit of tension there of like, is this, is this actually like an unanswerable question that you're asking us? And what Jesus is actually doing in that moment, well, it's actually a few different things. It's, it's a very pivotal, like, let's go kind of moment um, in, in Jesus's ministry, because this actually, you'll start seeing this in Mark chapter two and chapter three. It leads, it culminates because of these healings and everything that Jesus does. It culminates in them wanting to kill him. Um, but, but in this moment, what Jesus is saying is like, I have the authority to forgive sins, but I also have the authority to heal someone. And so he's, he's like showing that this authority piece that's important is like I, that you guys believe and you're right in your thinking that only God can forgive sins, but I'm telling you that's who I am. And it's like, and I can forgive sin. And then he's looking at them and saying like, in, in this idea of like the physical realm and the spiritual realm, I have authority over these things as well because they've heard about him casting out demons. They've heard about him healing the sick and they've heard all these things. And so he's showing this ultimate authority and he wants them to go deeper in their understanding of who he is. And so this is why it's so important for us because when we, essentially what he's telling them is like, you got to change your approach. Um, Proverbs chapter three um, says to trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding. And it's hard to um, trust in the Lord and have that deep understanding of who he is when we're, we're giving all of our perspective and our understanding to someone or something else. And so again, this is like the kind of going deeper with all of this and it's saying like, hey, how I'm viewing this stuff, how I'm viewing my life, how I'm viewing everything. Am, am I going deep enough with God? And what is it? What is it that's stopping me? Jesus would say, do you know what, you want to know what's stopping you from going deeper? Sin. That's what's stopping you. 
That's what's stopping you. Sin is what is actually preventing you from going deeper. Sin is what is distracting you. Sin is what is taking you away from God. Sin is what is making you put your identity in something else. Sin is what allows pride to take hold of your life. It is sin and Jesus is saying, you gotta go deeper with me. And so how, does, how do we do that? Well, ultimately we've gotta do this. We gotta see his, um, see his authority. All right, we've got to see Jesus' authority. Um, I wrote this down, that Jesus doesn't want to make you happy. He wants to save you. That's the kind of authority he has. And, and so you might be saying, I don't, I don't need to be saved, Wags. And, and I would say, okay, um, if you don't think so, that's totally your call. Um, but then you're also not ready to fully experience Jesus. Um, because at the essence and at the core, and again, this is the deeper level of seeing that like, man, when I look at my life, when I look at my purpose, when I see my actions, when I know my thoughts and, and I see the evidence of sin in my life, um, the only thing that can save me is Jesus. And so that is a step towards him. That is going deeper with him. And so until you get to that point, you'll never fully experience Jesus. You won't fully understand Jesus. And um, you won't um, fully embrace the kind of depth of what a life with him actually means. And this authority element is, is actually something that um, I know that uh, we live in a world right now where authority is, is disrespected all of the time. And we do it because we, you know, we don't agree with one thing or maybe one person authority has done something wrong. So we just lump all authority into that. Um, you know what? The church stinks now because some churches have handled it poorly and the authority of the church is gone. And it's like, well, what about all the healthy churches? And what about all the healthy people and everything, right? Same thing with like police officers. And, and it's like, it's like some terrible stuff has happened and we've got a policing problem, but does that mean all police officers are bad? No, well, no. And what about, what do you do with all the good ones? And what does that mean? And then how do you balance the talents of the tension of that and the authority of just kind of people in general in your life, your boss or whatever. It's like, man, I've heard how some people act like in their jobs. And I'm like, man, have you no respect for authority? Like, sure, that might not be like great. Like that boss might not be great, but man, your lack of respect for authority is truly frightening. And, um, and so the reason, and, and as I was kind of processing this in terms of like, you know, we actually talked about this on our podcast uh, last week that I also think that like older people are having a general lack of respect for, you know, younger people. And then, but I also believe that younger people are having a general lack of respect for the authority of older people in our lives. And when we begin to, to see that it's, it's because of pride. It's, it's, and there's a lot more to this that I'd love to talk about, but, um, but that we see that as like, it's what's here in our culture. And I believe that the part of the reason, this is what I wrote down, we've lost respect for authority because we like control, dominance, and power. And um, we like that way more than we like the authority of Jesus. Because when we get under the authority of Jesus, that's where grace and compassion comes in. That's where forgiveness comes in. That's where love comes in. That's where generosity comes in. That's where a deepening of our understanding of people and some dynamics come in and placing ourselves under the authority of Christ in the midst of that. Um, and so that becomes like pivotal in here. The, the second thing that we see in terms of us able to go deeper is that we got to follow his wisdom. All right. So it's the wisdom part there. We got to follow his uh, wisdom. He gives them a question they cannot answer because they don't understand the fullness of his, his wisdom. Uh, the third and final thing that we see um, here is that we have to um, obey his way. All right, so we have to obey his, his way. The sin needs to be uh, addressed um, here in this moment. 
Um, when we think about Jesus teaching, he's often going around this kind of kingdom mindset and this kingdom way of life. And even here, it, it's the same thing. It's like for you to fully understand what I'm talking about, to understand my authority, to understand my wisdom, to understand obedience to my way, to, to kind of get the depth of understanding that you're longing for, you've got to understand that um, you have to be kingdom-minded. And one of the ways I wrote it down was kingdom-minded people reject earthly-minded perspectives. And so that we begin to see, and it's like, is this the way of the kingdom of God? And if it isn't, I want to reject this. Is this the way, you know, we, we could go through all of the topics, okay, um, that we kind of work with culturally from politics to money to identity stuff to sexuality to um, relationships to whatever. Kind of work through all those things. It's like, what is the kingdom-minded ethic here? And if it isn't the kingdom of God, then we have to reject it. Like, that's what obedience to who Jesus is, obedience to his authority, obedience to his way, obedience to his um, wisdom. And so if you want to take this in in its fullest way, it's simply this, that we will not experience Jesus like we should until we respect his authority, listen to his wisdom, and are obedient to his way. And so let me ask you guys this. How's your approach to all of this? I think when we take in a story like this, I think it's important to pause and begin to think of like, you know, Jesus is asking everyone here in the story to like change their approach. The man who thought he just needed to be healed, Jesus is like, no, you need to change your approach that it's actually your sin in your life and there's a deeper thing that's happening. Um, maybe it's your approach to your friends. Maybe um, it's approach to the authority of Jesus or the wisdom of Jesus or kind of this long obedience in the same direction of following Jesus. Is, is the approach the right way? And if it isn't, what are you going to do about it? Jesus is calling us to deal with that and to begin to say like, no, 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 to fully experience him, to fully have a faith um, that isn't some kind of quick fix, to have a deep faith that is resilient um, that is, is stable, um, that uh, is strong, and that builds a boldness and courage in us and allows us to establish the right identity to fully get there, then we've got to understand his authority. We've got to listen to his wisdom, that we've got to um, um, have this long obedience to the same direction and to make an effort and to we'll long to go deeper. So here are a few questions that I think will be good to just one of these might be good or all of them. I don't know where you are in your life right now. Um, but here, I wrote these three down. If Jesus is the ultimate authority, what does that mean for your life? I think it's important for all of us to begin to answer that. The second question, how do I sacrificially love others well? Um, I think our approach to friendships and community. Um, and if you, if you want to know, ask your friends. Like if they consider you the kind of person that will like sacrifice uh, for them. And then the third one is, what is one area that you need to let God do a little digging? Like that he's got to do some digging in your soul and go a little deeper on and um, begin to kind of take that in as well. Uh, let's pray, guys. So God, this morning, um, you know, there's a lot going on in our world. There's a lot going on in our lives. There's so many things trying to distract us um, from you. And so I pray that, th that we'll pause here for a minute and, um, and long for a deeper faith, long for a deeper understanding of you, long to um, get attached to you in a way that brings this long obedience in the same direction, that brings this understanding of who you are, that um, allows us to be kingdom-minded people um, and 
our ability to reject earthly perspective becomes so easy because we're so in tune with who you are. So God, this morning, I, I pray that we will be people that um, really long to um, have a, a stable, authentic, resilient faith with you, um, one that just pours out of us. I pray that we will want to be surrounded by people in community um, that will be the kind of friends that we, we saw in this story, um, that we will be part of that community, that, that you will look at our community and, and say, like, whoa, look at their faith. And then on the, the back end of that faith is we see healings, we see miracles, we see things that are only clearly of you, God. And so, God, I pray that that will begin to shape our hearts and shape our community, and that in that, the impact and the influence and the depth of knowledge that we will have with you um, will just grow exponentially. God, we love you and are so grateful for your forgiveness, so grateful for your power, so grateful for your grace that allows us to move from death to life in you, from, from sin into kind of this purity in you. And we give this to you in your name we pray. Amen. You guys, thank you so much um, for watching here today. Thank you so much for being a part of what's happening in our community and the lives that you're impacting through your generosity. Um, if you give online or if you come live and you know give here as well, um, just thank you. Your, your generosity is truly incredible, um, helping so many people around this area, helping so many people within our community. And um, it's just been incredible to see um, that value take such great shape and begin to really influence people. So thank you so much. You guys have a great rest of your, your week. Um, love you all, and we will see you soon.